Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Of course, many people are watching the television constantly and see what's happening in the Ukraine. And thankfully, today is a day where I believe it's not so much a ceasefire, but certainly the guns are down while this meeting is happening later on this afternoon between leaders to decide what the future will be. I don't believe it's going to be any better after the meeting. I don't think anybody's going to agree with anybody else. And I think it's probably just going to get worse. But what does it mean for Irish householders? What we've been seeing over the last five days, how will it affect the prices of everything? Of course, Russia accounts for about 10% of the global crude oil exports, about 50% of the European coal imports, and about 30% of European natural gas imports, according to analysts. And alongside the Ukraine, it is also a major exporter of food and grains. So what does it mean for you, the consumer? Well, it means the prices are going to go up. So to talk to me a bit more about it is Aidan Flynn, who's the Chief Executive for the Freight Transport Association Ireland, and he joins me on the line. Good afternoon to you, Aidan. Uh, good afternoon, Niall. I mean, this is not good news. We've just come out of COVID where prices were affected. Then we had the price of oil, of course, went up You know, in the last few months, and motorists and everybody else, including haulage companies, have seen a massive impact of that. Now we have technically a war in our hands, uh, which is again going to see the price of oil and gas and everything else go up, which is a knock-on effect, I assume, Aidan, for everybody. Oh, yeah, look, it's been one hammer blow after another, and, of course, uh, hearts go out to everybody in, in the Ukraine. Uh, uh, very difficult situation. So, But, I mean, the Irish supply chain in particular has demonstrated a lot of resilience over the last couple of years and, and continues to do so. Okay, so in relation to what is being affected, I suppose people want to know, basically, on the shelves, why it's been affected so badly and why is it, you know, being affected so badly, for example, that, you know, what we're pumping into our cars every day. Of course, tax has a lot to do with that. We understand that too, uh, because the higher the price, the more VAT goes on it, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, obviously everything has to come by truck, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But I think in the first instance, it's important to note that, um, you know, our imports and exports to Ukraine and, and Russia are, are limited anyway. Um, we're not overly exposed as a, as a country to uh, the market there. But, of course, as part of the European Union, uh, that changes a, li- a little bit more, as you mentioned there, in terms of uh, gas in, in particular, you know, 40% of Europe's gas uh, supplies come from Russia. Um, and there's certain sectors, I think, that will be uh, impacted more than others, particularly in the agricultural sector, where fertilizers um, and things like that, where there's a strong demand from, from a Russian perspective in relation to that. I think fuel and energy is definitely feed into inflation be- before this, but the threat of war has been there for a couple of months. Um, and uh, But it's a global issue in terms of uh, the price of, of fuel mm-hmm. and energy. And this is compounding, um, I suppose, the fear and anxiety for everybody which looks at uh, how long is this inflationary issues in relation to this uh, uh, commodity going to, going to last, and I suppose we're we're day five, as you mentioned there at the outset. You know there is there is talks. Um, you know it's hard to know what will come out of it. We we don't. There's an awful lot of uncertainty still about what the outcome of anything is going to look like over here. I don't so, think from what I'm listening to analysts and security experts this morning, I don't believe there'll be any outcome to it. To be no, honest with you, no, no. 
Nope. Uh, but in, in relation to, I suppose, what we're seeing on the shelves, and obviously it all comes down to how much it costs, you know, drivers to, you know, the haulage companies to bring everything around the country, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. That's not really going to get anywhere. Because leaving aside what's happening in the Ukraine at the moment, we were already on a knife edge when it came to the cost of haulage because mm. diesel prices have gone through the ceiling and crude oil, of mm. course, you know, is now mm. over 100 euro a barrel. And particularly yeah. since last Thursday, it's gone up again. So we're looking at probably two euro a litre for diesel by the end of this month. That's a possibility and a realistic possibility, if not more. So how is that going to affect, you know, what's on the counter, essentially? Well, look, it all feeds in, as I said, to inflation. You know, the costs are passed on because, you know, to stay in business, if, if you're seeing these substantial increases, 30 40% in terms of cost of fuel in the last six or seven months, you know, unfortunately, those costs have to be passed on. Otherwise, the haulage operators go out of business. And that's a challenging uh, prospect for everybody in terms of, you know, the, the weekly, uh, you know, change in rates, the daily change in rates. It's, it's unprecedented in, in a lot of respects, you know. Um, but like what we we publish a report every year called the Manager's Guide to Distribution Costs. We know fuel accounts for over 41% of operational costs for, for haulage businesses, for, for Arctic trucks. So, I mean, it's substantial. Um, but we're looking, you know, engaged with government and, and all stakeholders to, to look at delivering um, something for the industry. And, and when you look at excise duty and VAT in particular, um, you, you, those, those tax rates are, are over 55% for petrol and over 50%. So, so what are we doing about that. I mean, when we, when, for example, you know, the Freight Transport Association or the Irish Haulage Association or whatever it is, are we lobbying government at the moment to reduce those taxes, particularly for those who are professionals who need to use their cars, uh, not just for the, you know, the kind of the domestic user? Are, are we lobbying government to reduce those taxes to try and bring it down to some sort of level that's affordable? Yeah, I think we're, we're working collaboratively from, from the Freight Transport Association's perspective. I think it's important, you know, that that industry uh, presents and puts their best foot forward in terms of engagement with government, looking for support because there is no easy solution in relation to this because you have to take account of all sorts of things, including state aid issues. But, I mean, there is a diesel rebate uh, programme that's under the auspices of the revenue, which which uh, allows a seven and a half cent rebate uh, for operator licensed uh, hauliers demonstrate that they're tax compliant uh, but that that needs to be reviewed we're, we're looking and lobbying government uh, to review that as a matter of urgencies to support kind of cash flow within the sector because it's only done every quarter and you've obviously had these substantial uh, increased strains in cash flow in terms of purchasing the fuel as, as it's increasing but we're also looking for other alternative fuels such as gas to be included in that rebate program uh, because there is a move you know the, the climate action stuff more efficiencies um environmental pressures and stuff like that in, uh, operators are moving towards gas trucks which are actually having to be parked up now because the cost of gas is, is actually much more expensive than, than mm-hmm. diesel um, so there, there's uh, you know a review of that I think is really important secondly it is about kind of government's uh, recognition that the EU Commission have outlined even last October that not, not only support uh, individual consumers and we're seeing that uh, through the energy uh, bills in April I think uh, that they should be supporting businesses that are impacted by the energy crisis as well. So we, we need a bit more urgency in relation to that to support the industry. And obviously, okay. what's happening over the last five days is exasperating that and making it much more urgent now. The, the fi- finally, I, what I'm hearing a lot of uh, lately is that the global markets and the price of wheat is rising sharply, okay, which is going to affect everybody, all right? And uh, rapeseed has gained 3%. Um, but, and coffee prices, I believe, are even surging. When it comes to wheat, 
surely in a country like Ireland, maybe this is my ignorance, but the likes of dairy produce and wheat are our number one export, I imagine, because we've got a perfect weather for all that kind of stuff. Why are we? Why would that affect us in any shape or form? I mean, they were talking this morning here about the price of bread going up because of what's happening in the Ukraine. Why would that affect us? Well, because we import quite a bit of flour, um, most of our flour, in fact. Um, but but I think, you know, and I think the Tawnish mentioned this last week, you know, that there isn't as, as much concern here because we are mass producers of wheat and, and cereals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, where, whereas Ukraine and particularly Ukraine and um, Russia, obviously, um, you know, they're at such a scale on a global market perspective that they feed into production facilities. So there's there's elements of... of um, those ingredients are included in the global supply chain of, of these uh, food products uh, which are important like I mean the Ukraine for instance is the biggest exporter of sunflower oil you know so okay. uh, any of us using that uh, you know you're actually going to see issues uh, perhaps uh, and bearing in mind we're only five days into it so I think we all have to keep a hope and, and uh, reason that that perhaps this won't be as long as, as some people might imagine it to be, and, and hopefully it won't. Because, uh, but if you're looking at it, it takes a, a period of time for for this to filter down to have an impact on the brighter broader global supply chain. So there's not going to be a dramatic uh, shutdown or cut off of, of products that uh, you know take ingredients from these countries mm-hmm. or are supplied by, by these countries. Uh, but it, it again, it it depends on how long this conflict will last okay. in terms of... I'm just gonna, so, the te- so the text coming in, high now, Russia is also the world's largest exporter of fertiliser. I didn't know that either. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but also, just on a final note, I suppose, something that even before the Ukraine and the situation, the Ukraine crisis happened, we had a problem getting staff, in other words, getting drivers. Is that still an issue at the moment or has that got any better? You know, drivers that literally drive the stuff from uh, to and from. Well, look, I suppose it's, it's, it's testimony to how successful the supply chain is and the haulage sector has been over the last while that there is a demand for, for recruitment and, and specialised roles like drivers. And there is a shortage for sure. Um, you know, there's uh, everything has been done by our members, uh, you know, in terms of trying to recruit locally. Uh, but then you have to go and recruit at European level before you can actually go and try and get non-EU uh, permit workers mm-hmm. included. We've been working hard to try and uh, get that process uh, expedited um, and we know that the, the, the Department of Enterprise, for instance, have recruited uh, substantial numbers to deal with the increased volume of applicants coming for non-EU worker permit, um, of which, you know, the haulage sector and, and the truck sector is, is a part of that. So, But, but the, it's taken nearly six months to get those applications uh, done, which is obviously causing uh, more prolonged problems. You would, Im- you would imagine but, during a crisis situation you could kind of fast-track that kind of stuff, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Of course you would, but I mean, but when you're looking at the poor people from Ukraine having to to leave their country, and and we see the the very emotional scenes, I suppose, of of uh, young people and their parents leaving to go back to fight in Ukraine there today mm. at Dublin Airport. And That's so right, on. a plane load of uh, people, yes. Absolutely, that. you know, but, you know, for those that are leaving, I think uh, the European Union and, and hopefully Ireland will be, 
you know, welcoming uh, Ukrainians with open arms and, and obviously trying to support them and in terms of their livelihoods. And, and uh, I think everything could, should be done and could, could be done and can be done to integrate them into, into Irish living for hopefully mm. a shorter period of time. And they might be able to help out with a bit of driving as well if, for those that qualify, you know. But, absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> All right, well, listen, thank you very much. And I appreciate you coming on the air. Aidan Flynn, Chief Executive of the Freight Transport Association of Ireland, letting us know that basically what's happening at the moment, not just what's happened in the past, over well, since Christmas, certainly the price of oil and gas going up hasn't helped matters for the Irish family. Uh, but also, I believe, roughly £700 a year, or €700, Euros, I should say, a year extra for the food you buy, leaving aside the gas or the diesel you put in your car, or petrol you put in your car, and the gas you use to heat your home and your heating oil or whatever else, leaving all that aside, just for food on the shelves. At today's prices, you're paying an extra €700 Euro than you would have been this time last year. It's a lot of money, isn't it? 700 euro a year, isn't it? Is that what the figure was? Just over 700 a year, Ruth? Yeah. 788. There you go. An extra, I think it works out about an extra three euro a day is what you're paying extra. So when you're going in and you're buying your goods, your milk, your bread, whatever it happens to be, you're paying an extra three euro a day on average. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.